want to begin by giving thanks to Our Lady and at the same time to give thanks to Saint Jose Maria who in significant part established this wonderful custom of honoring Our Lady for nine days in preparation for today's solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. Also want to thank Our Lady for not allowing it to snow on today's solemnity. She allowed that yesterday. A brief reflection can't do justice to the many ramifications of this marvelous truth of our Catholic faith. That Mary was conceived without original sin. And as we heard in today's gospel, the original Greek calls her by name as full of grace. On the order of goodness and motherly love, she's off the charts. Normal moms who don't claim to be anything except exceptional live for their children and if the children are suffering some sort of physical malady or moral malady, they're totally focused on that child. The imagination falls short of the reality of Mary's motherly love, but nothing can compare to her exquisite love for us. And to be a little bit, to give a little bit of a wholly selfish meaning to this feast, yes, this Immaculate Conception gives glory to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. She's the worthy dwelling of the Son of God, who she will usher into the world by giving him a human nature. But this is all about you and me. This whole, at least from our perspective, complicated plan on the part of divine providence is all about loving me and serving me. It's too good to be true. The invocation I'm supposed to comment on is O Most Holy One, an act named for Mary among many names. And the scriptural verse that corresponds to that is, Behold, all generations will call me blessed. And we look at that word blessed, especially during this novena, we've been looking at it for eight days. We've been dwelling on the Beatitudes. Beatitude, the English word Beatitude falls short of its original meaning, which means bliss. 
And blessed is connected with a certain condition of the heart that you put it all together, as John Paul said in very Veritati Splendor, depicts the portrait of the heart of Jesus. We could also take the liberty to say those eight Beatitudes that describe the heart of Christ as pure, as merciful, as meek, as poor, as long-suffering, paint also the heart of our Immaculate Mother. And she is blessed for that reason, because those eight Beatitudes are different aspects of the charity of Christ. At face, the face value interpretation of this prophecy, all generations will call me blessed, is that throughout the history of Christianity, thousands, millions have honored and venerated the Blessed Virgin Mary, finding hope and consolation in her. What we need to do is think about the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe and all sorts of other shrines in this country that draw such a tremendous crowd. Fatima Lourdes. But without distracting from that standard prophecy that will continue to the end of time, we're part of that prophecy, honoring her as blessed. There's a very personal meaning in this prophecy. Behold, all generations will call me blessed. What is this personal meaning? Mary has given me Jesus Christ. Every aspect of Christ's life, and maybe we can give special consideration to this meeting place with the healing Christ and the sacrament of reconciliation to kind of quote generic people who say, I like going, implying it's an acquired taste, but once they acquire it, I like going. It's not like going to Six Flags, but I like going. The Eucharist. God becoming visible. My access to God, to Jesus Christ. That's why she's blessed. She brings me to our Lord. Also, we are called to participate in her blessedness. She's the template of this new evangelization beautifully spelled out in Pope Francis' recent document of Evangelii Gaudium. It's simple but challenging at the same time. She's the template. What does she do? She brings 
brought Jesus to the world, which ultimately she brings Jesus to every individual. Because without her total gift of self, without her yes, if she had not laid down her life, as we read in today's gospel, I wouldn't have our life. So she's sort of the blueprint. Pope Francis, I don't do justice, I'm trying to summarize 225 pages. But he says basically what St. Josemaria has taught, that this, that we are called to, like Mary, bring Christ to others. But we don't bring him by transmitting facts or information. We transmit his message by radiating his love, his joy, his mercy. And I only can do that if I seek him with all my heart. That's why, on many counts, but that's why Mary's blessed. After that, after she said yes, which meant so much, it meant ultimately witnessing her son's death on the cross. She knew what she was getting into. She was well-versed in the prophecies of Jesus' passion. Her cousin Elizabeth calls her blessed as we pray in the Hail Mary on that colossal act of faith. Briefly, I want to, perhaps a little anecdote would illustrate participating in the blessedness of Our Lady. He's no longer with us. But I knew a prisoner here, and he wanted this used to give people encouragement and hope. So I'm not breaking any confidence. You may know who he is. Someone brought him to this parish, and I guess you could call him an agnostic. Religion was irrelevant to him all his life. And somehow his friend touched his heart and he was baptized. But it was quite a profound conversion because uh, he started to pray before the Blessed Sacrament. He started to pray the Rosary. He started to go to frequent confession. He pushed himself to live greater charity. And he was invited to a family reunion. One of his nieces was kind of perplexed by him. She wrote him a letter. Wants to know what book he read because he was never nice and for the first time she saw a nice part of him. She wanted to know what kind of vitamins he was taking or what kind of diet he was on. And he said, Believe it or not, I've converted to the Catholic faith. 
and I am trying to develop my spiritual life. And to make a long story short, he brought 35 people into the church over the years. Because it's like Mary, obviously, in an analogous way, in an imperfect way, this self-giving, the seeking of Christ with all his heart, did the humanly impossible. He brought others to Christ because, as St. Augustine said, obviously taking it the right way, whether we're men or women, we are called to do it our way we did physically, spiritually, to conceive Jesus Christ by seeking Him with all our heart. It's interesting to note, and I'm going to draw this reflection to a close, and not that we should be looking forward to extraordinary supernatural prodigies. But I'm reflecting on that World Youth Day in Brazil, since I work with young people, it's wonderful, it's gratifying, challenging. I hope it'll hurt feelings here. And here he draws three, to three plus million kids. Don't want to make a rash judgment, but I presume that their theological formation was minimal. Nevertheless, he grew and see on the big field, the big area freckled with priests hearing confessions. What did he do? He went to St. Mary Major and prayed to Our Lady. He went to this principal shrine of Brazil, the Aparecida. He prayed there. He comes back to Rome and he goes back to St. Mary Major. St. Jose Maria, by his own preaching and teaching and his own experience, will say, look for Christ, but do it with Mary. She's the shortcut. She's blessed because her specialty is to bring Christ to us. So that we in turn, like her, could bring Christ to others. Let's finish up. Perhaps pledging to our Lord that during these days of Advent we will honor her, Our Lady, as we try to incarnate all Jesus' teaching, especially on charity. We will honor her, and we are morally certain that in honoring her by bringing her into our council. We will undergo many, many conversions, and we will be empowered in the right sense of the word to be a light, to be salt, to be leaven for our families, for our neighbors, for the world.